This is the Mobile Home Park Lawyer Podcast with Fur Neiman. If you're looking to generate wealth and passive income in the lucrative world of mobile home parks, you're in the right place. You'll discover solutions to the common legal and operational pitfalls and how to optimize parks to maximize income. Your host is in the trenches. He's a real estate attorney, financial analyst, and mobile home park investor and operator. Now, let's turn it over to Ferd Neiman. Welcome back, Mobile Home Park Nation. Ferd Neiman here again today. Another great episode, another new guest for you. This guest, he's an engineer. He's a data analyst. He's a process junkie. He knows everything, knows how to fix stuff, all industries. He's worked with Rent Manager and developed some, some software to help improve your Mobile home park operations. Please help me welcome my guest, Saad Shaw. Saad, welcome to the show. Thank you for thank you for having me. You got it. Well, Saad, tell us. Uh, a, a mutual acquaintance introduced me to you and told me you're the guy in property management and, and everything else that we need to learn from. So I know a little bit about you. I've read some of your stuff, but for some of our audience that doesn't, give us a little bit more of your background and kind of what you do today. Great. Uh, so um, I am a um, industrial engineer by. Uh, education. I got my degree in industrial and operations engineering uh, from the University of Michigan. And I spent most of my career either in um, uh, writing software or uh, building mathematical models for analyzing processes and systems. And um, uh, I started a company called Metric X. Uh, that uh, the whole business is around helping companies manage their data and uh, monitor their metrics. And um, we have an offering if in, in the uh, property management space uh, called RentViewer. Our website is rentviewer.com, where we offer uh, different uh, solutions related to uh, process improvement and uh, monitoring metrics or data analytics, uh, specifically for the property management uh, space. Okay, great. And now RentViewer, is that the product that's incorporated through Rent Manager? As well, I, uh, correct. So, so Rent Viewer uh, displays <coughs> metrics and and can help you do data analytics. And on the back end, it's connected to uh, your property management system. So we integrate with Rent Manager, but we also integrate with other systems like Entrada. Um, and in fact, we build dashboards for even companies that use Yardi, Appfolio, um, and other systems. Okay, great. Can you give us a little bit of what, what's what's the normal if there's normal metrics or optics that mobile home park operators are, are missing. I think we all know what some of the key variables are. Like I want to watch my collections. I want to watch water sewer expense. I want to make sure, you know, I've got all my bells and whistles going everywhere I can. Uh, my sales are going, all that kind of stuff. Um, but in general, what are the, what are the blind spots that people should be watching that they're not, or that they think they're watching and they're watching them incorrectly? Yes, so uh, the, um, the metrics that uh, you, you mentioned, that those are exactly the metrics that really should be in front of you. Uh, and uh, people should know, you know where the money is going. Um, something that we uh, recommend and our, our approach is uh, we uh, use this term called leading indicators. Because uh, if you're looking at your NOI, uh, you're looking at history. Uh, it, it, things have already happened. Uh, if, you know, if you're looking at your occupancy today, um, it is what it is. It's too late to make decisions on you know, having improved it uh, or having um, the picture look better and so on. So, so what we do is we recommend uh, look at leading indicators, things that predict what your NOI is going to look like. 
or things that predict what your occupancy or delinquency is going to look like three months from now. And so keep an eye on those numbers and actually keep a really close eye on those numbers because that's what really matters because that's what's in your control today. So how many leads are you generating? How many showings? You know, how many leads are you actually converting? Uh, take a look at that. Um, you know, uh, keep an eye on your move outs uh, because uh, that's a predictor of, of uh, occupancy down the road. And uh, uh, look at how many, you know, if you've given ev eviction notices, um, things like that, because that, uh, you know, that number is useful, but it tells you that ultimately your uh, occupancy or your NOI and your other revenue target are going to be impacted if you don't address uh, these indicators. No, that makes sense. I think um, another way to look at that on the, on the lead generation is kind of filling the funnel. It's like if, if you're having, if you're not posting ads today, you're not going to have showings tomorrow. You're not going to have applications the next day. You're not going to have new residents the day after that. So, um, and then even so one, I know one lead generator that has been a little painful of late in our industry has been just the supply chain disruptions in the marketplace. And it's hard to get a home right now. So like, I've got a vacant lot. I'm calling the manufacturer. Well, we're three months out, six months out, we could, we could take in orders for community managers, community owners. And it's like, well, I know that lot's not going to be full next month or the month after, mm -hmm. or I got to go find a used home, which that's a, that's challenging to do in this environment as well. There's so much competition for used homes. So yeah, I definitely think that makes sense to you know, look towards the future because otherwise, you know, you can't really impact it and plan it and then uh, implement, it, implement changes or decision-making. Yeah, because, um, uh, uh, you know, I want my uh, customers to be proactive rather than reactive. Um, and so um, that's why we recommend uh, picking the metrics that uh, actually are specific and relevant to your current situation. So, so you know, we, we look at uh, property management operations as a system. And so the system starts with a lead and then you convert the lead into you know, a customer, you collect rent, and, you know, at some point you get ready for the end, end of the lease and the turnover, and you have to uh, prepare the, the unit, um, you know, hopefully just, uh, you know, simple turn as opposed to major, uh, you know, rehab, re refurbishing. So um, uh, think of that as a system. And as a, the you know, leader of the operations, your job is to optimize that system so that there are no bottlenecks anywhere. Um, and so some uh, companies have a challenge in generating leads, or as the situation is today, you just don't have a physical you know, home for uh, somebody to uh, you know, take possession of, if, even if um, you've, you know, you've got customers ready to pay. Um, other companies have a very hard time uh, turning over units uh, and getting them ready. Uh, and they go over budget over time and they lose out on business. So depending on the nature of your business, focus on where the problem area is and then identify what are the metrics to measure there. So if it's, uh, you know, uh, turning over uh, the units, then, you know, are you estimating the cost in the first place? Um, you know, are you doing inspections in advance? Uh, are you, um, you have a, a track a schedule. And if you don't, then maybe that's, those are the metrics you should be looking at. So 
So, you know, while you, you can look at NOI and your occupancy and other things, that's great. But uh, to really optimize your business, you need to look at very specific metrics that uh, indicate whether you have a problem or not. I think that makes sense. And I, I heard, I think it was Keith Cunningham, who was the, the original Rich Dad from Rich Dad Poor Dad. He was talking about optics and he talked about, you know, I need to be able to see and understand you know, how the game is played, how to keep score, what metrics, what tools I need so I can have a better view, better vision. And that's going to help me impact the future a lot better than, you know, looking through the rearview mirror. And he gave an example of if I close my eyes, I could probably walk out to my truck, get in my truck, turn it on. I could, could I drive home? I could visualize, you know, where I'm backing out, where the turn is, where the highway is, where the neighborhood is. And he's like, reality is I could, I probably could do it 90% 90% on each of those steps, but you got to do it 100%. Uh, I, need, I need to have my eyes open. I need to have better optics. I, I, Goalposts and guideposts are only so much value. But if you, if you in, in, in the data, as you, as you know more than about anybody, is, you know, data is not valuable unless you know how to interpret it and understand it. And data, data with some organization and categorization and synthesization becomes information. And then over time, if you know how to use it, decision makers can turn information into knowledge and with, with experience over time, it becomes wisdom and, um, and garbage in garbage out as it pertains to data. So I, I wish I was a better data junkie. Um, cause I, I, I feel like I know that that's the path, um, to the gold in the rainbow a little bit, but I'm constantly trying to find data points. I'm constantly trying to, um, I say, uh, you've heard of the term postmortem, obviously like, you know, postmortem in medical, what's the premortem? And I know how to beat my company better than the average guy. So Mm -hmm. if I think about this, if the average guy figures out how to beat my company, I'm in trouble. So why don't I figure it out now and go shore up my defenses so that I can't be beat. And, 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 and having good insights and good access to data is crucial to that. Yeah, I mean, uh, in fact, you're describing uh, my business model. Uh, <laughs> I'm, your, I'm your new competitor, except I don't yeah, know how to do to the letter. <laughs> really? That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, based on that, we've really uh, created some products and offers uh, that uh, help uh, companies at least, you know, start using the data. And uh, as they consume, you know, the, the standard products you know, or, you know, looking at the standard metrics, um, then their, their needs become more sophisticated. And, um, you know, then you, you actually see the, the metrics that are on the scorecard change. Um, we, we actually offer, um, and that's something that's available for a download on our, on, on rentviewer.com. It's, uh, it's called the Property Management Metrics Handbook. And um, it's just a book with a lot of metrics uh, you know, for uh, designed around the process model that we have. In fact, uh, one can also download the property management process model from rentviewer.com as well. That's a generic framework on how a property management uh, a business or operation runs you know, from a systems thinking point of view, that there's a flow, there's a throughput, there are constraints and bottlenecks and you know, we need to optimize at the system so that we can scale up. Um, so you can start by you know, looking at the metrics handbook and say, check, hey, these would be the metrics I should uh, track. 
and it would be good to have a scorecard like that. And uh, you know, and then we built uh, the actual dashboard for companies that way. And um, I, and and you'll you know, it, it's very interesting that you know, for example, uh, there's a customer relationship I have where you know we started off with a standard uh, dashboard with the, just the standard metrics that you started with you know uh, your, the, the high level financials and the occupancy and and now there's there's a you know a metric uh, that they're tracking is like how many one-on-one -on -one meetings have been conducted with employees uh, nobody would think of asking for that but we say you know well if you if you really want to train your people and coach your people so that you don't have to run the operations yourself then you've got to meet with them regularly. Uh, there's no switch that you can turn on and your, your business becomes scalable. Uh, you've got to develop and coach your people. And if you keep missing those one-on-one -on -one meetings that you need to have, you're not going to achieve your goals. And so we said, let's put that on the scorecard. Let's track it. So that's an example uh, uh, of uh, a customized scorecard but that addresses uh, you know, specific uh, challenges that the owner operator is trying to address. That, make, that makes sense. I mean, identifying, some people call them, and maybe it's the same key performance indicators, that, you know, things, mm -hmm. that are, things that are key to measuring your performance, right? There you and go. I think that that sounds good. I mean, I, I remember some of what you're telling me, this is bringing me back, and I remembered that analogy on data from, I took a, I think it was called computer information systems or management information systems class in college. and. And, and the teachers saying the same sort of thing you're talking about, which is, you know, identify, as you say, a scorecard, identify the, the variables or the, the key measurable points that are going to impact your business and then, and then, and then watch them. And I think mm -hmm. Peter Drucker, Peter Drucker says, you know, what's get, what gets measured gets managed. So, you know, if you, if you want to lose 30 pounds, you probably should have a scale <laughs> because you, you can, you can measure it and then you, maybe you'll manage it as opposed to just, you know, wishing and wishing it to happen, but um, no, that's that's good stuff. So, what other tips and tricks? This is this is good stuff. And you mentioned some of your tools on your your toolkit and stuff you've got on your website. What other uh, immediate action steps, if any, can can I take to my, make my property management business better? You're not having been under the you're not under the hood of mine, but just in general, like what can I do? Um, from is, is it setting? Is it creating scorecard checklist items? Is it understanding my financials? Is it, you know, getting the right people on the right seats on the bus? How, do, what, what would you, how would you rank those sort of things or other things? Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, um, the metrics and scorecards, they're actually, I put them about third or fourth uh, in, in priority. Um, so what we start with is, is the voice of the customer. So, you know, um, uh, just ask yourself, who are your customers? And what do they expect from you as the owner, you know, operator of this business? Um, you have your investors, you have your partners, uh, you have your residents, uh, and you also have your employees. So I recommend that these are your customers and clearly understand what they're expecting from you and put that down. Uh, and, you know, and because that's going to be the starting point for creating that scale that you talked about, you know, you stand on the scale and it tells you how many pounds you weigh. Um, you need a way to know whether you're meeting the expectations of these customers. And your employees are your customers too, because they're going to help you get to you know, realize your vision. And they expect something from you too. Um, so uh, 
we put that first. Second, we say, okay, then let's design your processes. That system that we talk about, your property management system, uh, that actually you know, converts leads into paying uh, residents and you collect rent in a very predictable way. And you cycle through that many, many, many times and you've optimized that system. So we, step two is design uh, that system. What's the flow? How do things work? Um, and not necessarily talking about writing down all the standard operating procedures, but at least have a flow of things. And then third is the people. Uh, you know, understand the, uh, what your you know, employees and your, you know, even your vendors have to be, you know, be part of your company because, you know, we can't afford to hire for everything. So um, understand what they want, what their aspirations are and how they can get to their goals through the system that you're trying to build. Uh, the system that can take hundreds of thousands of, uh, you know, leads and ultimately convert them into, you know, a solid, you know, fully occupied uh, portfolio. And um, that generates predictable cash flow. So, uh, Put all of these three things together first, um, you know, the voice of your customer, your processes and your people, and then decide how you're gonna keep score. Uh, you know, what are the metrics to track? And uh, yeah, that's, our, uh, that's our formula. That makes sense. And I know you, you were telling me before we were online here, your, your business model has, has adapted to, to be able to fit smaller customers or, or common customers, where as you, you know, 20 years ago, it was, you're going to do a deep dive consulting hourly rate or consultation fee for one customer, but you've kind of systematized your, your business, so to speak, where your expertise can, can be in portions bought at a package or implemented uh, in bulk so that the little guys like me can afford to hire you. Yeah, yeah. We had to follow our own advice and say, you know, just uh, design your business around the voice of the customer. Uh, you know, if, if, if uh, your target market doesn't want to pay thousands of dollars for a dashboard, then design a dashboard that, uh, you know, uh, uh, is at the price point uh, of, your, you know, of the customers that you want to serve. Mm -hmm. So That's great. Mm -hmm. Do you have any, uh, Saad, do you have any, you know, stories that you want to share as far as, you know, you were able to take company X and turn them into two X or anything like that through some of these processes or, you know, or a horror story perhaps of when, you know, I, I have horror stories. I don't, I don't get to tell most of them online here, but horror stories of clients that didn't take my advice. And then it's like, oh, you know, why didn't you do that? Do you have, a <laughs> you have some of that too? Or like, yeah, we do, you, you know, know um, that, that, the uh, the customers where we're actually working closely with, um, one of the first things we do is uh, I ask to be allowed to sit in uh, in their operations review meetings. And, you know, hopefully they're all having operations review meetings um, monthly or, at, you know, ideally even week, ideally weekly. Um, and um, I just sit in and observe uh, what happens. And then... Um, I, Sometimes I have to sit in in more than a few meetings. And then I, you know, talk with the owner uh, and say, you know, okay, so well, what happened? You know, you talked about these issues, you uh, identified problems, people took notes. Uh, how are you going to follow up on that? And well, we do follow up, but, uh, but by the time we come to the next meeting, there are other problems and we start talking about those problems and we forgot about the ones that we were dealing with last week. So we said, okay, you know, let's uh, uh, 
kind of aim for the vision where you have these meetings and before they have, your team arrives, they've already looked at the metrics. They already know what the numbers are. They already know what the variances are. They already know what the problems are because you've given them the data tools, you've given them the dashboards and you've given them all that. And they arrive at the meeting and explain that, look, these are the top variances and this is what I'm gonna do about them. And your job is to just you know, provide guidance there. Um, so the, you know, instead of the meeting starting off with people arriving and saying, oh, so this happened yesterday. Oh, we have this problem today. No, uh, you know, a few weeks or a few months into this relationship, we get to the point where people arrive and tell the leadership what the top issues are that need to be addressed and how they're going about it. And, uh, and it works. Uh, this is a, and it's a huge transformation because you realize that people you were just delegating to and giving, you know, putting things on their plate, uh, they can really shine. They can become proactive and they can just become leaders of their area. That's great. No, I was, I, I totally can relate. And I was telling an employee a couple of weeks ago, I said, you know why I'm so hard on you? And I am I'm hard on him. Literally, I, I, I work him to death almost and I'm hard on him. And he, and he said, no. And I said, because I know what your potential can be and you haven't accepted it yet. And I'm mm -hmm. going to push you until you're there. And, and he's been doing great. And he has been for the last several years. But it's, you know, people will be su surprised themselves and surprise you what they're capable of if you only let them. Absolutely. It, it, it really does. Uh, I mean, I've seen just uh, people step up and do amazing things. And, uh, and uh, just with a few little tools and methods um, as leaders, we can really bring out the potential in people. No, absolutely. And that's part of, that's part of the fun of being a leader, right? I, I, I use the analogy all the time of, you know, getting the right people on the bus and the right seats on the bus. And part of that is you got to set, set your team up for success. Mm -hmm. You, for example, are clearly math oriented data. Okay. You would be an easy fit to put in the accounting department, but you might not be in the sales department. Maybe you're both, maybe you got both, but there's there are often other people in the accounting department that are not supposed to be in sales and vice versa. And the old Peter principle, you, I used to work in government and it was, it was common that you would get promoted until your highest level of incompetence. And the way to do it is if you were a good appraiser, they couldn't pay you more just to be a good appraiser. So they had to make you the manager of appraisal. Well, you might be a horrible manager, but mm -hmm. they wanted, that was the only way to get a, a compensation increase. It's like right. you were good as an appraiser, you're bad as a manager. Now we we put you in the wrong wrong seat on the bus, and it didn't it doesn't do anybody any good. Mm -hmm. uh, hurts the other appraisers underneath you, hurts you. Um, so in a rigid environment of government, you have compensation limitations that don't necessarily exist as much in private practice. It's um, so it's, it's been one benefit. I, one thing I've liked about being on the private side is I've got somebody who's really good at sales. Well, okay, I don't care if they make. I hope they make extra money because it means they're sure. delivering for them and for me. And then you have that you know, autonomy and flexibility that you didn't have in the old government environment. But um, anyway, that's it's, it's nice to be able to set people up for success by getting them in the right spot and then they make everybody better. Yeah, I agree with you. And I think if somebody were to ask me what's the most satisfying part about my, my job, I'd say I get to grow and develop people and, uh, you know, have an impact on their career and their <coughs> uh, and their self-confidence.
That's that's exactly right. That's that's. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you said that. And their self confidence, their self worth. Um, you know, work work can be edifying. You know, if you hate your job, it won't be edifying to you or others. Um, mm-hmm. I'm 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 proud to be able to employ other people, to house people, um, through my efforts and through theirs. You know, so it's like it's it's a satisfactory feeling for sure. Well, that's great. Saad, any more comments before we go? If not, um, tell us where we can find you. I think you mentioned your website. Where's the best way people get a hold of you? And uh, so our our product, our, um, our brand for the um, property management space is rentviewer.com. Um, I do have another uh, site that might be interest, interesting for owner operators uh, called scale123.com. And uh, scale123 is uh, more of a, a coaching and uh, advisory business where I work one-on-one with um, owner-operators who want to actually make process improvements and opti- you know, create a system, basically, on which they can scale their business. So rentviewer.com and scale123.com. All right. Thanks, Todd. Appreciate it. Appreciate it, Bert. Thank you very much. You've been listening to the Mobile Home Park Lawyer Podcast with Ferd Neiman. Ready to learn more? Go to www.themobilehomelawyer.com for free resources and materials to help you succeed. If you love the podcast, go to Apple Podcasts, give us your review, and subscribe today. Thank you for listening. Neither the Supreme Court of Missouri nor the Missouri Bar reviews nor approves certifying organizations or specialist designations. The choice of a lawyer is an important decision and should not be based solely upon advertisements.